Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes, and I thank so much for listening to the podcast. So, I've been doing this show all week from Radio Row down in Miami. I have a lot of stories to tell, and I promise that over the next few weeks I'll be able to tell the stories. What happens on Radio Row is you get pitched a lot of ideas of people that want to talk to you because I'm the scorer in Chicago, and that's a big platform, and people want to be on in Chicago or they want to be on the podcast, and I try to offer it up as much as I can for things that make sense. Sometimes you get a surprise, and today's episode was a surprise. My buddy Andy Garcia, who used to be the sports director at The Score, he now works for Westwood One, he came to me and he said, hey, you know Michael Bennett. I said, well, I don't really know Michael. Like, I know Martellus because I did a radio show with Martellus. He said, well, Michael and his wife are doing a new podcast called Mouthpiece, P-E-A-C-E, and it's a husband and wife podcast, and it's great. So Michael and Pele, that's his, his wife's name, have ventured out in this, and I guess Westwood One is helping them in this regard. And I said, I, I'd absolutely love to talk about that. I've been trying to convince some of the wives of the players that I covered to get together to do a podcast, because I think it would be amazing for you to hear from Carrie Brown or from Jackie Tillman about what their life was like as a football wife and what how well-rounded their lives are outside of the game. The same can be true here. I'm really excited about this project that they're working on, and I'm glad that they sat down and talked with me about it. So, this was the conversation that we had on Radio Row. A really great one. Enjoy. So, I work in Chicago at The Score. I used to do the weekly radio show with Martellus. Oh, how funny. Radio prostitute. <laughs> He's I was gonna say a radio ho, but <laughs> you can say radio ho. I'll bleep it. It's totally fine. So, you guys are doing a podcast together. Yeah. All right. I need you to raise it just a little. There yeah, we go. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing a podcast together. It's. It's. I. I. I find it very refreshing, honestly. Something different for you. I think it's different. I think for us, it's like as a player, you have so much highlight on you because of what you do. You. You're constantly in the spotlight. And then, like, you have a, your wife has a voice, but her voice doesn't get to get heard as much as, and her her position on things doesn't get to get heard as much as it should be. And this is an opportunity where it's like equal. Like, we both walk into this new world where we're sharing this platform and we've been able to voice our opinion and our voices are amplified. There's times when my wife cuts me off, and I'm just like, did she just cut me off? She got she acting like Beyonce now. But no, I'm, I'm just trying saying. to be better at that. <laughs> but I mean, that's how a conversation at home with you guys would Correct. work, right? Yeah. So that's basically what it is. It's a conversation we would have at home about things that he might be doing publicly or that is in the news right now. Um, it's something that people can relate to because they're probably having the same conversation, but also they're not hearing my side of it. You know, a different perspective from what he does. And I think that's what's going to be new or maybe relatable to some people. I think that's what makes it really relatable because it's like you have a lot of couples who never really open up about anything. You have Jay-Z when he did 4.444 where he opened up about his life, him and Beyonce life. And people loved it because it was like an insight to how they really feel about things, what they were going through. And I think for us, we were trying to be honest and open about how we really feel about issues, you know, whether it's concussions or whether we talk about taking knee, Kaepernick, whatever the situation is, here's my wife's position on it, not only as a person in society, but as her husband is in the front doing stuff, how does she feel about those things? 
And I think that's important for her to be able to have that message because her life is built. She has her own ideas and her own mindset on how things should be seen and how things should be. But it's like in NFL, you're married to the game, which is literally I'm married to him, and then we are married to football. So with that, it comes a lot. How much do you worry from week to week about what's going on with Michael? You know what? You are the first person to ask me that. That is a true question. I would say, like, percentage-wise, percentage-wise, 100%. Every week when he comes out to the game, I know, don't get ahead of yourself. But it is. It is something that I'm not on the side necessarily cheering for. Obviously, I want the team to win. I want him to do great. At the same time, I'm literally cheering, like, please don't get hurt. I'm praying. You know, in the prayers, it's not only for wins. It's for safety. You know, it's for everything else that comes with it. So when we were saying that we talk about concussions, different issues that happen off the field, like, these are things that I have to, that's, you know, part of my reality, that a fan necessarily doesn't have to do that, right? They just go on to the next game next week, you know, Sunday. But after the game, like, he's coming home to me, and that's how I have to support him and not deal with it, but, you know, the conversations we have, how do we move forward from these different, you know, um, different injuries? I think also when you talk about injuries, I think every wife or every child that has a father who plays a sport, they worry about having a broken man, not just like a broken and just in the sense of body, but the sense of being broken spiritually in the sense of being broken mentally. So a lot of people, they exhaust so much into this game, they're finally when they get done, it's just like, there's no more of me to give. Like, I've gave so much to my fans. I gave so much to the game. Like, I'm in this wheelchair. I'm beat up. Like, but still, I have those memories. And I think the family doesn't want to have it where football was the greatest part of their life. They want their – when they finish this sport or finish this, they want those years to be the best part of their lives. And I think that's important for athletes to understand that, too, because there's so much glory in this sport. But just in a normal day, like, walking to your daughter, talking to you, showing you something, that's – that's a championship moment for her. And a lot of times athletes miss those championship moments because we're searching for something that's not really there. It's already at your house. It's already with you every day. Your wife is the person who really loves you the most, more than any 400,000 fans or a million fans. There's nobody who really cares about you the way that your family cares about you. You know what I'm saying? Because I think about the Kobe situation. I think when here everybody posts and they like, oh, this, that, and there's nothing wrong with posting and doing all these different things, but here's a, nobody knows how his wife feels. Like, everybody's like mm-hmm. the words to her, but here's this trauma that's left behind of somebody that's is, is deeper than just Instagram, it's deeper than Twitter, it's deeper than Facebook. It's a really spiritual connection that a man and a wife has or a man and his child has, and it's just different from a connection that you have with fans. How, Play, I want to ask you about him mm-hmm. and this guy, obviously, he spoke his mind. He's a champion. People know him. There's a, a large contingent of NFL fans that love Michael Bennett. There's also people that when you go into a visiting arena, hate him mm-hmm. and will say the worst things in the world oh, yeah. about him. How do you handle that? To be honest, I, as easy and weird and simple as this is, I just ignore it. Because I've had people say to me personally, to my face, remarks. I've had people do, you know, comments on social media or if it's in, you know, an article or it just, blur, you know, blurted out loud. To be honest, I'm like, that's the thing that I love to talk about also on the podcast is that what I'm dealing with, it's I don't have to do it publicly in that sense. You know, if they're attacking me, I don't have to come back and retaliate. I don't have to give them my energy and my time. It's really just for myself, and I know him personally, and I know who he is. So I don't have to take that part of the game home with me. How do you deal with people hating you? Uh, yoga. <laughs> That's a good way. Um, and now I think for me, I think at this point, I think that I've been in – 
in the public eye since I was in high school, like is playing football, doing all these different things. So I think when you're used to people hating you because of a team that you played on, it makes it a lot easier to when people hate you because of what you believe in. Because when you believe in something that's so strong and you have you don't have passion about it, you have conviction about the things that you believe in, there's going to be people who hate you because of that, because they don't understand your perspective on why you feel that way. I mean, I think each individual in the, in the world goes through their own spiritual journeys and they find out what they believe in and what shapes them is, is on their character. And I think for me, people don't really want to understand my character. They don't want me to have that. They want me to just play the game and shut up. They don't want me to be a human individual who has a wife, who has kids, who understands his political platform, but also understands his platform as a human being and what's important to him and what's important for his daughters and what's important for his wife and his brothers and sisters and, and also his community. I think people hate that because they're not used to us having that voice. They're so used to athletes not having a voice anymore because it's been such a drought. When something's been drought and we haven't seen plants grow for a long time, when there's a tree that sprouts up, people don't understand how did this tree grow. And for me, I've always been in, in the in the college, in the knowledge of the people who came before me and those athletes. And there was a big drop off with with Mike, Michael Jordan, and all these guys. They didn't have a voice. They didn't. They had a voice, but their voice was something different. It was 90s, and money was the most important things. And now money is not as critical as what we want as our legacy to be. And the legacy of each individual is really how they shape the community and how they shape everyone around them. And I think that's important that. I continuously do regardless of the hate that people try to project towards me because I've always had the fundamental beliefs of what has made America. America has always been somebody, people who have fought for what, if you really think about the idea of what George Washington and Alexander Hamilton, what they were thinking about, they were thinking about what people should have a voice. And I think people forget about that aspect of what a human's responsibility is to do is to have a voice about issues that are pertaining not to them, but also to their fellow American. Why is she so valuable to you? I think my wife is so valuable to me because her spirit, I think she holds the spirit of like one of those Amazonian queens or something because it's like, no, because she's a fighter. She's a fighter at heart. She's scrappy like me. But then also, too, she's passionate and honest, and I think that's important because when you have somebody who doesn't have that passion or that honesty with you, it's easy to break, like break. But for me, every single day I have an opportunity to be my wife, I fall deeper in love with her because it's one of those things where it's this continuously growth between both of us. And I think her strength allows me when I get weak to be stronger because she doesn't fall to the winter, uh, she doesn't wither away when something strong happens. I think there's always that point where the foundation gets isn't built, it's built on stilts. But I feel like our foundation is mm. built on rocks. It's built on stuff that people don't really go through. It's built on experiencing death together. It's built on experiencing marriage, childbirth, you know, disagreements. It's built on all of that. But at the same time, she never falters, and I respect her for that. And that's why it makes this show so good is because there's times where we disagree the whole time, but but still I understand where, where her heart is. Her heart is gold. Her spirit is gold. And so you respect I her. I respect that. I respect my wife. It's not like I go into a situation where there's a lot of people who are married to somebody, but they don't respect them. I respect her being. I respect everything about her. So I'm going to something with a partner. And it's just her having a voice that she's getting used to having that people out there. There's not one person in, a, in, the, in the United States right now that's a woman that's a Polynesian in this league or in this world that can have a voice like she can have because – Really, if you think about Polynesian people in America, they don't really have that voice that 
that the black people, Hispanic people have. And my wife has a great opportunity to be a voice for her people, also other women in America, also mothers in America. So this is a great time to have a show like that. I mean, I just feel like it's a great, I mean, for me personally. I'm really hopeful for you guys that this is going to, to open the door for other couples to do this. Thank you both for your time. It was, it was a real treat to talk with both of you. Good luck, and if I Thank can ever so be much. of any help in Chicago, feel free to reach out. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.